After serving the last of his sentence, Cameron Poe is taking the first plane home to his wife and daughter. Today's flight is a special one. We're populating Louisiana's Felton Penitentiary. These guys are the worst of the worst. I see a lot of celebrities among us. I see 11 primetime lives, three Regents and Kathy Lee's, and a genuine 2020 interviewee. What you looking at, punk? Nothing, I was just admiring your cage. But one wrong flight. Stewardess, what's the in-flight movie today? <laughs> can ruin your whole day. What happened? We caught the plane, man! Welcome to Con Air. Jailbird 1, you are not cleared for takeoff. And nobody on this aircraft gives a flyer. The issue here is how the plane is brought down. Shoot it down. There are innocent people up there. He's got a little girl to come home to. He's been waiting for this day for eight years. What are you gonna do? What do you think I'm going to this summer, check your weapons. Take your seat. Isn't that your card? And say your prayers. From Jerry Bruckheimer, the producer of The Rock, Nicholas Cage, John Cusack, John Malkovich. Where are they gonna land this thing? How do you feel about the blackjack tables? On June 6th, <laughs> buckle up. Con Air, directed by Simon West. Thank you, and have a pleasant flight. Lucy, are you ready to go to San Juateneo? <laughs> I was ready to go sweet home Alabama. There you go. You do the bunny back in the box. Let's hear it. Why didn't you just put the bunny back in the box? Why didn't you just put the bunny back? All right, so this right here, Con <laughs> Air. We are here on the path. Brett Lucy, 1997's Con Air, which if you thought Nick Cage's accent in this was bad, it will never top his accent in Captain Corelli's Mandolin, which we are doing next week. Oh, this is a Nicholas no, Cage podcast now. Yay! I I'm telling you, I'm telling you, as I, oh my God, watching this movie, and looking back through his filmography, there is no doubt I could easily, gladly do entire podcasts on Nicolas Cage's filmography, almost from start to finish, almost just the fucking 90s. Yeah, the 90s seemed to have some of his best work. And I don't think we, either of us, realize he has a new film coming out next week called Dream Scenario. And this that is going to be his sixth film released this year. Yeah, he got into some tax trouble. Ah, I was going to say, why is he booked and busy? Why is he no, working so hard? <laughs> he notoriously bought like a haunted mansion or something in New Orleans. He bought like a fucking T-Rex skeleton or a head. Yeah. Oh, a Bahamian Island or something. Yeah. If you go back and look at it, he was definitely somebody who had way too much money and blew it. So I do not feel sorry for him being trouble for not paying his taxes. If he wasn't so mm -hmm. likable, he'd be like, yeah, fuck you. You should be doing this. Yeah. But yes, that is a big reason why we're doing this. Maybe it's subliminally. Dream scenario, an A24 film. I watched the trailer for it. Rotten Tomatoes has it at like something 90%. It looks really good. I'm very interested in it. Okay. I didn't watch the trailer, but I read about, you know, what it's about, about this man who suddenly starts appearing in everybody's dreams and he becomes somewhat of a celebrity. That's about as much as I know about it. But after watching just two of Nick Cage's films this week, I am ready for more. 
Yeah, you know what? All that nerd A24 indie, it's Nick Cage. He's kind of like fat with bald or balding or thinning hair. No, 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 no. 97 is when I want to know about Nick Cage. Con Air. But before there, quick things to go over real quick. Our anniversary, the podcast anniversary, is in about two weeks from when this yeah. gets released. Make sure to check out the socials, anything like that for the information. But we will definitely be doing a celebration stream on your channel. I can't wait. It's been a long time since we've done a stream together. It became semi-regular uh, when we used to have lots of guests on the podcast. We were doing loads of charity things. So uh, it should be a lot of fun. And yeah, it's been two years since we first started doing the podcast. I think if you scroll back to the beginning, it will be the Witcher 3 main quest, which we started off with two years ago. And I'll have that awful old microphone <laughs> yeah we might need to put those in like the back burner and just have the movies and make that like a special thing kind of like, like we did with the whispers the old episodes yes. that that we can find <laughs> to a google drive we may have to add all the witcher stuff in there because i bet it's when people are just like oh movie podcast oh they're doing movies and they go back to the first episode and they're like is this witcher three <laughs> this quest by quest of the witcher three what the fuck <laughs> yeah maybe we should have started a brand new page oh well too late. No, we'll look into that. But just make sure to check out that in about two weeks from the release of this. It'll be the November 18th weekend. This month, in November, we talked about, has become an impromptu blockbuster month. So as always, wait till the end of the episode and we'll talk about next week's. But January, God bless it, December 1st. Yep. December is going to be our Christmas holiday month. So again, we're always open. Gotta to be. Yeah, we're always open to suggestions on that. But there's no point doing it because we already have it set. So just yeah. <laughs> stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. It'll be a good theme there. But January will be the bad movie request month. The main feed will be open to everybody. So submit it. Submit it with a, like a reasoning behind it or something like that. Again, you can email. We'll get all that contact information after that. And as always, like patrons, we'll do a special one on that. So if you're a patron, you can have, you know, kind of your own right there. You get kind of two chances to get the uh, movie of your choice. Yeah, I think that's going to be the perfect start to the year. Just watching some rubbish films after the whole hype of Christmas. We've got all the classic Christmas films out of the way. We're just going to watch some random, not maybe not even shitty, just good but bad or bad but good recommended by you guys. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing what you suggest. Yes, and one you should not suggest would be 2006's The Wicker Man because we just did <laughs> A live watch along, a watchmentary for the Patreon. It just came out. It's November's Patreon movie. And holy shit, that is now my number one, like, favorite <laughs> bad movie of all time. And it contains in there, I know we talked about cutting the clip up. Probably my favorite yeah. moment of recording this podcast <laughs> is, and I, it's funny because if I said there's a scene that happened or an action that happened out of nowhere in that movie, you'd be like, yeah, there's probably about seven of them. But one yeah. of them went from us. <laughs> calmly talking to instantly both dying laughing and blowing the limiters out on our microphone yeah i need to listen back to that because i did listen time, to it you, you did yeah when you edit it right you hear like a, eh, eh, and then it goes silent for like maybe three or four seconds because we're laughing so loud and so hard you can't hear anything so we both burst out, exactly we both burst out laughing so hard to the extent where we broke both of our microphones <laughs> for about five to six seconds it goes in there it's we need just to, silence <laughs> yeah we need to find that video clip there are multiple moments in that episode mm. where you get our live reaction to that batshit insane movie cannot recommend that enough uh five dollars yeah. a month 
on that and all the other stuff beyond it. That's patreon.com backslash on the path. Email us pod on the path at gmail.com or to go more one-on-one live, go to our discord below. We're very active in that. We have a patrons only channel in there as well. Kind of, you know, we're, uh, I'd say more not intimate questions, but more stuff about the podcast, kind of behind the scenes stuff we'll put back in. Yeah. There. A lot of times we'll do um, early like, reveals yeah, and stuff, early in there reveals, too. stuff like that. And yeah, we're talking about doing a newsletter as well, kind of with the schedule in advance, a bunch of stuff and uh, all the other socials as well. Instagram and Twitter and all that. We'll put little clips up. So make sure to check those out. But let's get to it. Con Air 1997. I was there on release night. 13. Oh, yeah? oh my God. This the rock came out in 1996. This was my that was Michael Bay and Bruckheimer. That was Nicholas yeah. Cage and Sean Connery. I was there, convinced my parents. I think we went for my brother's like 15th birthday or something like that. And so I was very much into these 90s action movies. June 6th, 1997. What famous event happened on June 6th? Oh, don't. 1944. That should be a hint. Oh, 1944. Yes. Um, something to do with the war. Yes, it was D-Day, you know. Ah, okay. Yes, you do you do um uh Band of Brothers workout there every year. Every overnight of June 5th, I do my little Band of Brothers workout on there. And yeah, that's when America saved Europe, went to England and was like, yo, we got this. You know, I don't know anything about um that. So you could be that talking exactly out your ass right what now. Happened. Is that what happened? Okay, great. <laughs> Omaha was the toughest beach by far. Like we had to show you how it's done because oh, we got because we got in late. But no, <laughs> June 6, nineteen ninety seven, and here we go. Budgeted at seventy five million, and you can wow. tell by the explosions and everything. Yes. So let's hear it. What is the guess of the box office gross? 1997 American dollars. 75. I think this did well. Okay. Because like you say, it's a big blockbuster action film. A big what? It's got bl- blockbuster. <laughs> Blocks. <laughs> Blocks buckster. Blocks a big, buckster. <laughs> a big buster film. Um, and Nick Cage, I guess, was doing well at this time. People love him. So I'm going to say 200 mil. Oh, very nice. 200, really? 224 million. Oh, okay. I was a little bit out, but that's, that was okay. I'm, I'm happy with that guess. Yeah. Big success. I think this came out three weeks or like the same month as Face Off did. Ooh, yeah. What? And so yeah, 96 Cage in the Rock, 97 Cage Con Air with Face Off when he's at his most cagiest. Yeah. All boom, boom. So what a fucking month in summer for Nick Cage of 97. This is when he bought the, the dinosaur, maybe. This is when he started. <laughs> bu- yeah, he bought, the, <laughs> he bought he bought the haunted mansion with Con Air and he bought the dinosaur with face. <laughs> and then after that, oh, my God, I keep thinking of oh my God, national treasure. We're going to have to do gone in 60 seconds. We're going to do. Yeah, gone he, in 60 seconds. I'm well up for. He might be the number one actor. Give us another year or so and he might be the most covered actor. We oh, we're going to have to do that. We're going to do some stats. Yeah, After we've we done are. like a year of the movie podcast, we need to do some. Who have we talked I'm going to make a spreadsheet. Oh, I'm going to make yeah. a spreadsheet. Let's go. All right. So the director, we won't talk about the director or the writer too much because goddamn, I want to talk about so much of the movie. But this was directed by Simon West. And the biggest thing that stood out to me was this is the director of the Rick Ashley Never Going to Give You Up video. The yeah, Rick Rolling to... video, <laughs> yeah. that's him. I, I was about to say I got Rick rolled by this guy's filmography. 
You thought, oh, I got rid. Oh, it's actually him. It's actually him. Very good. Yeah, good for you. Um, The other one that I noted is Lara Croft Tomb Raider, one of my all-time favorite movies. He did. He did. So, yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Stay tuned in a half for that one because I know you love that movie and I've never seen it. Oh, let's do that one. If Angelina Jolie does anything. Or if they do like another Tomb Raider game because I know... They even have like I another one. I think they might have done. I think okay. We, yeah. We'll I mean, like another one that comes out or something. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We'll weave that in somewhere because I love that film. If she'll do it, and this will date me to Holy Hill. This will actually make me seem older than what I am. But Whoa. when this Rickroll meme became a thing, it stood out to me. I think more than just the, as much as anybody. All of my earliest memories might be this music video because oh. I was obsessed with him running up the circle and coming down it. <laughs> And I watched this over and over on recorded beta tape. What is a beta tape? Beta came out right when about like VHS came out. But VHS was first. Beta was better. A lot of news used it because it carried more. It was a better quality. Betamax is what it was. My parents bought a beta player instead of VHS. So, uh, oops, they missed the boat on that one. (laughs) I don't think I've even heard of beta. It's very 80s because it didn't last very long. Yeah, it was one of those. I think I always heard that with like Facebook when it's all about getting there first and not being better. Like beta was better than VHS, but VHS was the first one to go widespread. So I remember watching this video like crazy. There you go. Yeah, I don't I don't have any memories of uh, the Rick Rolled video before it was a meme. Like it's always just been a meme to me. Yeah, Yeah, it's like maybe my first fucking memory. Wow. <laughs> either when we first moved to Texas or actually being in Hawaii. But with that background, I should say that I am drinking a oh. very nice tequila. I know on the Patreon episode, I was drinking a Luna Zul, a cheap but very good tequila. Now I'm going for a little bit higher up. I got the Herradura. Oh, that's a nice bottle. Yeah, I got the Herradura, got the Horseshoe. It's an Inyehu, of course. This is my favorite of the popular brand tequilas because, again, mm-hmm. we're on our way to San Juataneo, whatever they're going to do there. <laughs> we will follow up, but let's get going here. So the beginning is so fun. I can't believe that this isn't a Michael Bay film. And, and I'm beginning to think. I have that written down four times. Because it's a Bruckheimer movie. And I keep thinking when I, Michael Bay does, don't get me wrong. Michael Bay sucks off the military, for lack of a better term. He loves yes. the fucking military. Yeah. And I'm beginning to think it's more of a Bruckheimer thing. Because this beginning, when they show this overtalk, I have it down as this Metal Gear solid ass beginning. <laughs> Of military talk set over real life footage of past wars, talking about Rangers lead the way, and they yeah, and it ends with Nick Cage like saluting. I'm like, damn, so it must be Bruckheimer more than Bay that it was big in this like 90s military. Yeah, it was it went in hard. It was like Army Rangers have a proud history. And yeah, you're right. It starts off with you can't even you can't see Cage, and then he like reveals his face by doing the salute. It was great. But yeah, I have that written down at least four times. Like, did is Michael Bay on set? Is this was it? Was he there one day, and this was what inspired him? <laughs> yeah, this seems like it'd be a Mandela effect that people would be right? like, "No, Michael Bay directed." It's like, no, somehow this is the most Michael Bay film where he was not involved. Yeah, <laughs> with all the shit blowing up. But then we kind of get to this little Alabama must be on the uh, like Mobile Bay or something yep. like that, mobile. And this song, whoa, I heard this song no less than 1.7 million times in the summer of 97. How do I live? This is Trisha Yearwood. It Mm -hmm. was originally sung 
by a 14-year-old Leanne Rimes. How crazy is that? It is. Leanne Rimes was a fucking revelation at that time. 14, she had just won every fucking Grammy like imaginable. And they sang it. She did it. And then the studio was just like, yeah, no, we don't want a 14-year-old singing this like love song. We need to make it a little bit more mature. And it was done by Trisha Yearwood, another country artist. I kind of get that. I really do. Does, yeah. 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 And, you know, I, yeah, I think that was the right choice. And this song won best original song and also worst original song. It won? <laughs> I, I thought it did. Okay. I saw that it was nominated. Oh. It was, it was nominated. I don't know if it did or not. I did see that it was at least nominated for best song and then the Razzie. And, and the worst in there. But I'll be, I will be shocked if it didn't actually like win it for that. I, I thought it was, I think it's a great song. I never knew it was in this film though. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know it was like part for a movie. Yeah. This, this was back when big movies like this would actually have a song specifically yes. for it and they play it in the, I mean, this is like, this is right after this military like overview of it. It's just right there. My, it's actually before any dialogue is said. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's big, like Top Gun vibes as well. It gave me Top Gun, you know, when they're on the, on the runway with all the planes and they've got the song playing. Top Gun is very much into that too. I can see you researching, seeing if I've got the, got the facts wrong. Well, no, I just found it because this was 1997, okay? And there's yeah. no way anything other than My Heart Will Go On from Titanic was uh, going to win. Yeah, you're right. You're but right. That's, that's what actually won there. But going back on what you said, this feels... It's funny because I'm like, oh, it's the most 90s action, but you hear the guitar. Like the guitar is wailing. This feels like a fucking 80s movie that has found its way into the late 90s almost. Yeah, because it's 97 at this point. Yeah, you're right. It's very 80s. Very Top Gun-esque, probably because of Plane. Yeah, I think that's the only reason I think it's Top Gun. Because it's a plane, like like, Top Gun. runways, and then this dude's got long hair blowing in the wind. I'm like, oh my God, is that Tom Cruise? No, okay, let's get Nicolas Cage. Let's get into Nicolas Cage, all right? We alluded to it at the beginning. This accent, he spent time with people in Alabama, and this this is what we got. So that's not what people from Alabama sound like? No, this sounds like somebody who's a lifetime actor doing it. When he's talking to his like fetus daughter, Miss Alabama, make your daddy very proud. And it's like, no, this is someone That's who's so trying weird. to. Yes, it's someone trying to like make fun of Alabama because it's Nick Cage. And in The Wicker Man, especially, we talked about it. He's so subdued and he's just kind of reading lines like he doesn't give a shit until he really starts going for it. Mm-hmm. I love Nicolas Cage. But he doesn't have his indifference to me to me doesn't come from the character. It comes from him as indifferent in there. (laughs) And so here he's trying to be stoic. But instead, he just comes off as your daddy here in Alabama. I have some great lines written down from when he's kind of doing not a monologue, but he's talking over the prison montage. Yeah. Oh, my God. I I am, however, (laughs) torn apart. (laughs) Okay, so this is the second episode in a row where I make the Civil War letter joke, where it's like he's reading the writing like letters to his dearest daughter. I read your letter by the light of the summer moon, the musk of gunpowder dressed in the air. But my thoughts stay of you and your mama. And it's just I I couldn't take it serious. Yeah. And there was one that reminded me so much of I can't remember the guy's name in Elden Ring. And it goes, I'm coming home forever. Forever. (laughs) Reichardt. 
Yeah, Rykard. We're out here forever. I hated fucking Rykard. So I, I know. Rykard is based on Cameron Poe. Must be forever. 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 All right, but before he gets sent to prison, yes. I love this idea. And the one thing I'll say about this movie is it is very much 1997. It is not 1992. It is definitely not post 9-11, 2001 right. or anything like that. It is this mid to late 90s where we didn't know what to do with the military, where the Cold War was over, where President Clinton slashed the military because there's no fucking Cold War to fight, balanced the budget and all that stuff. And so it was, what the hell is the military going to do? We go to Kosovo, we go to like Mogadishu. And I love the idea of some drunk yokel talking shit to an in-uniform army fucking ranger that is special mm -hmm. forces everybody unless you've been living in a goddamn cave knows that army rangers are special forces they're they're fucking like navy seals they're the army version yeah. of the navy seals and this dude is just talking direct shit to them and not only him his wife he's talking shit to like his wife to his boys like pregnant everyone wife. yes pregnant wife he's like He's insistent as well. He's not just making a passing comment. He's going for it. And yeah, and then making comments about how he's like soft or whatever, you know, saying that, oh, we, we, would, we would have done something different in Vietnam if it wasn't for people like you. And I was like, whoa. Oh, I got the direct line because it's my line yeah, of the episode it, yeah. right now. It's because of pussies like you, we lost Vietnam. I was like, what? Whoa. <laughs> first off, first off, this motherfucker is like 28 years old. So he can't <laughs> even fucking remember Vietnam. But it's absolutely like, no yeah <laughs> I'm just like, oh i did a i did a double take at that line like what it was it was strange yeah and i didn't this is where we get the first line where trisha's like don't be that man you know he's not worth it and it's kind of alluding to this um what would be the word past. His past. she, she yes, alludes his to past. like oh i saw that guy in you that i thought yeah. the army would have fixed and it's like oh mm -hmm. he does have a dark backstory has a dark side yeah and then we see it in the in the fight outside maybe although i don't even think in 96 the politics of this movie is really fucking weird because it's not explicitly stated like oh you're a conservative you oh you're oh. a liberal but it's very fucking obvious that larkin who will meet very much represents the bleeding heart democrat liberal of this time with sociology and blaming you know not blaming the authorities for the yeah. inmates and then when we get Malloy, he's very much the hard-nosed Reaganomics, you know, conservativeness of it. But in this, get the fuck out of here that this guy would be convicted. Three guys with, I don't know, two dozen witnesses saying that they were yeah. harassing this woman. She works there for Christ's sake. So she knows mm -hmm. everybody there. Three guys with a knife yeah. assault him. And then he gets seven to ten years. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I was like, what in the hell happened there? Because it was clearly self-defense. And then they try and go down the line of, oh, well, you're too dangerous. Oh, now. you're We've, a, you're a you're walking too weapon. Dangerous. Yeah. yeah. So you, you, you're not safe to be let out in normal world because even when you're just trying to defend yourself, you fucking kill people. Like it was awful. And I just thought, how does this even happen that he's got seven years minimum? For self-defense. Yes. This guy nowadays, this dude would not only get a fucking statue built, he'd be speaking at CPAC. He would oh my be God, the, yeah. He would be the next Republican senator from Alabama. <laughs> it's like this guy would be a first of all, this guy would be a hero in general. Like there would mm -hmm. be not even like Democrats or anybody would fucking convict this dude with with all the witnesses around there. Like this is the mm -hmm. epitome of like American stand your ground 
Like yeah. you're you're getting assaulted. They have a weapon. He didn't even have a gun. It's like he just whipped exactly. out a gun and like murdered three people like John Marston going into Mexico in Red Dead One. Yep. That part always stands out to me. Yeah. So <laughs> this right here is just wow. Is that something that would have happened? But I don't think it's something would have happened. I think it's something that again, right leaning people would be like, oh yeah, these bleeding hearts, they're going after our military. And you know, doing it for a guy defending it. It's just like, no, 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 no. I just can't buy this part of the movie. And he's military and they're talking shit about the military. I would have thought Americans would have been like, yes, get this man a medal, get rid of those other dudes. And was, yeah, so that the whole thing started was off. Weird though. It's yeah. so, like like I said, the thought of this now is just like, holy shit, nobody would do this. They they would all they would fucking sign over the bar to him. They'd be like, You're drinking yeah. free for the rest of your life. You're a fucking <laughs> He's ranger. drink named after him. And you, yes, it would be literally named after him. It would be called <laughs> Cameron Poe's fucking dockside bar or whatever <laughs> but i didn't know if it was just because i don't remember 97 that much anyway let alone america, america yeah. in 1997 <laughs> yeah so it's man yeah. it was obviously pre 9 11 post cold war the 90s are fucking weird and that's like what i grew into so that's why these yes. 90s movies will always sit well with me so yeah we talked about he goes to prison he does his civil war letters with his daughter <laughs> uh snowballs hello zombie land yeah the pink ones yeah that's it gives it to baby yo yeah i loved that moment and i thought yeah i would want to be your friend too if you had those snowballs if you had snowballs i tell you what this movie more than anything might have motivated me to get into what i call prison shape because i generally when i work out now i don't really like doing weights anymore and so seeing nick cage here, he is fucking shredded right and his arms they're Dude, huge he is cut Yes, they all look incredible. And yeah, I didn't put that together. That's because that's probably all he did apart from origami and learn Spanish. I've always, yeah, yeah the origami, yeah. <laughs> and he did learn Spanish, yeah, which he talks to you later. Um, it is something that I don't really want, but I've always joked about that when I have the summers off for teaching, I'm like, you know what? If I just went to prison for like two weeks, I'd get a lot of shit done. Because yeah. as long as I'm not getting, you know, like prison rapes or beaten up or having to fight in the showers, I could do a lot of fucking workouts like that. I'd get a ton of reading mm. as long as I could have, you know, books, maybe if I could have my phone, but maybe not even that. <laughs> Just let me have the books. Let me write. Let me work out. I'd get so much shit done. Maybe you need to. Have discipline? <laughs> no, just have oh. self-discipline? <laughs> nah, fuck that. I'd rather just go break the law. I have honestly thought, though, about renting like a cabin, like a secluded yeah. cabin for like a week where out I don't- Out in the woods. Out in the woods where there is no cell service and I can't get on my phone and mm -hmm. just bringing everything I need and having it. I truly do think that would be like almost a mind reset, a mind cleanse. It was like that when I went to Canada, when I went out on the horses yeah, right. for three full days. I had No, actually three or four days. Yeah, because it was three nights. So pretty much four days. We had no phone signal or anything like that. And I remember when we got to one of the cabins, we arrived a little bit earlier than anticipated. So we had a bit of time before dinner and there was, you know, six or seven of us and none of us had our phones. And I was like, shit, what, what am I going to do this evening? Like, what am I going to do? So I like went to the library and... Uh, found a book on those little creatures that are like half badger, half squirrel. Gremlins? No. Oh. Mal, mal. Mm. Half badger, half squirrel? Hang on. I'm going to figure out what they're called. You can edit this out, right? Oh, a marmot? A marmot. Yeah. Oh, what's... So I've, oh ne I've okay. never seen a marmot before in my life, right? 
And then outside the house, we were the cabin we were staying in, there was these marmots running around everywhere. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And they were like, it's a marmot. You never seen a marmot before. And they they found it hilarious that I had never seen a marmot before. So no. I went and found a book about marmots and read all about them. The one night <laughs> the one night I didn't have my phone. <laughs> was it read about marmots? No, the only thing I know marmot from is from the movie Big Lebowski, where he calls a ferret a marmot. Oh, and I just I never did. I was like, is he just calling something? So it is an actual thing. OK, it's a giant squirrel. Does it look like a ferret? No, ferrets are small okay, and skinny. That, Marmots that, are big and fluffy. Joke. OK, yeah. All right. Well, stay tuned for Big Lebowski as well. <laughs> but I'm getting released on July 14th. My daddy's coming home on July 14th. July 14th. It's my birthday. It's my birthday on July 14th. Uh, July 14th. Bastille Day. Oh. Yeah, you were there in France this year, right? I was there. It was awesome. One of the biggest things on my bucket list was to attend Bastille Day in Old Paris. It is also my dad's birthday, so it was always very easy to. Less important, it was my dad's birthday. So no, I'm kidding. (laughs) Yeah, but I also think, and I didn't know if the purpose of it was because I'm like, okay, July 14th could just be a random day. But also, obviously, what happened on Bastille Day, we know what happened on Bastille Day, right? We do. Yes. We do, which was we do. Assassin's um, Creed Unity. I haven't played that one. No, okay. But... No, it's the prisoners. <laughs> they raided the Bastille. They freed political prisoners and, okay. they, and they burned it down. Well, this is kind of nice. like freeing prisoners. So I don't know if they oh, did yeah. that. Yeah, I don't know if they did that on purpose or if it was just dumb luck. Is Conair that smart? I Maybe. don't think. No, I was about to say, I don't think this movie is remotely giving them that too smart. much credit. <laughs> this is truly one of the dumbest movies I've ever seen. And, I love this film. <laughs> oh, me too. Don't get me wrong. All right. Stay tuned for our tier rankings. Okay. A dumb mm-hmm. movie can be good in a different way than like The Wicker Man. You know, this is a yes. 10 times better movie than The Wicker Man, but I loved them both. But this also. I saw, and it's the first thing that comes up on IMDb, was John Malkovich hated this fucking movie, and so did John Cusack, because it was constantly being rewritten to where they didn't know what their character was going to do or how it was going to end up, so they couldn't get into it. And we haven't gotten to Cyrus the Virus yet, but John, this is not a John Malkovich movie. Like, John Malkovich does not do these type of movies. He's very quirky, which made this movie, and I think Mm -hmm. it was soon after this, and the movie being John Malkovich, he kind of retreated to European and more less budget movies because of what this was, that it was very clearly this movie was not made for art. Yes. I mean, to me, John Malkovich will always be Pascal Sauvage. Do you know who that is? I do not. Ah, so Pascal Sauvage is the main antagonist from a film called Johnny English. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Rowan Atkinson. Yes, exactly. I've heard of it. it looks so good. Gu- that was late 90s too, I bet. Johnny English is 2003. Oh, was it really? Okay. Yeah. But I watched that film so many times when I was younger. I would have been 10. So this is peak. You know, I love Mr. Bean. I've always loved Mr. Bean. So I, we went and watched Johnny English. And I'm, I couldn't even tell you how many times I've seen Johnny English. And John Malkovich is Pascal Sauvage, the bad guy. My and God, that, is, he he is, is he doing yes. the French accent? Is he doing the French? Oh my! Yeah. God. is it better yeah. than this? <laughs> I can't even remember. I want to. I want to rewatch it now because. Have you seen so Rounders? Good. The movie no. Rounders. Okay, and the movie Rounders is about poker before like the boom. He plays a Russian. Oh pay, God! Pay that man his money. Pay. Oh my his, God! That oh, sounds like dude. his Pascal Sauvage. Does it really? <laughs> he be at me. 
pay him his mind. <laughs> it is so fucking insane. Brilliant. Oh my god, he's 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 wild. He's wild. Rounders would be a good one too to do just for fucking when we do Malkovich month, we'll do Johnny mm -hmm. English, which I obviously have never seen because it looks uh, so goddamn stupid when I was 19 years old. It's, oh, yeah. You were you've been too cool for this right then. I just I'd love Faulty Towers. I loved like these British shows, but I fucking always hated Mr. Bean. And I hated Rowan. Uh, four weddings and a funeral. He was in. I'm like, this guy fucking sucks. Him and Hugh Grant were one and two on my shit list. That silence you hear is Lucy speechless. <laughs> The woman was too stunned to speak. I love Hugh Grant more now. I think he's great now. He's an asshole on set. Like, that's legendary, mm. but that's okay. That is, yeah. But I do like him a lot. He was great in the Dungeons & Dragons movie. Yes, I still have to watch that. But yeah, Rowan Atkinson is one really of my all-time favorites, but only yes. because of Mr. Bean. Okay, we'll, we'll get to that eventually. <laughs> all right, so the plot shows up to the movie and says a, su a supermax prison is being populated by the worst of the worst and we get the lowdown on all of these cons and i know a big thing what we do is when we say a movie is like a video game going back to fucking metal gear solid which coincidentally enough would come back the next year this is similar to what happens in a fucking metal gear solid game where okay. you go in and they talk about fox sound and they say this is vulcan raven a shaman blah 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 sniper wolf beautiful but deadly from a distance and they give you this fucking video game rundown and we get this. We get Billy Bedlam, who this dude looks like a real fucking serial killer. Which one is that? The guy? I, I was on cell D. I don't know. Yes. you Put the bunny yes. in the box. This so, dude yes. is fucking like I've seen him in other shows. He's always playing a bad guy. This dude legit looks and sounds like a fucking psychopath. Yeah, this is the kind of person that I would not want to ever interact with. He's got the sort of unhinged yes, psychotic dude. look about him where he would kind of act normal and then all of a sudden he would flip yeah and like his name is william bedford and if you google him it's pretty much just him in this like the jumps uh the not the jumpsuits what are these called <laughs> oh my uh, god the, i don't know track suits uh holy shit i just drew a blank what are they fuck what prisoners wear uh, I like overalls yeah but there's a name that's gonna drive me crazy but i'll keep going in i don't know um, oh, William Bedford. Did I just say his name is William, Be William Bedford? <laughs> that's that's Billy Bedlam. <laughs> uh, this, this is Nick Chunland. Nick Chunland. But the way he delivers that, that this, I'm, I can't even do his gravelly voice, but it's like, mm -mm. I was on North Block. And he turns like, I don't know you. It's so yeah. fucking good. Very underrated in this movie. Yeah, and he's very unsettling. And I think, I can't remember his name. Sorry. I think Nick Cage... Is very quick to be like, well, I didn't want to know anybody, including you. And I was like, because I was like, oh shit, how's he gonna get out of this one? And he does another great, he's just like, he's like, I know you're bullshitting, but I'm gonna walk but away. I'll, I'll back off for now. I'll remember this. Yeah. So he found his wife cheating on him in bed, basically mm -hmm. restrained her, drove to his wife's family, killed the parents, like aunt uncles are mad have said, as well as the dog. And it's like, okay, that's something again that would happen. We should also say that Vince Larkin has come in, played by John Cusack. He's playing the stupid, bleeding heart liberal of this. Mm -hmm. But I'll say this. I got something that's going to happen towards the end of the movie where I'll save it for that. But okay, we'll get he's my he's my favorite. I love John Cusack. And he's like I love Nicholas John Cusack and I love Vince. But he's like Nicolas Cage. He does like 12 movies a year that go straight to DVD. And he's so fucking good. He's so I good. I love him. I love him in this. I, 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 I can't. 
and I recognize him so much. And I went 80s, through his, all the 80s movies. Is it? I went through his filmography and I was like, where do I know you from that is sticking with me so much? And I still haven't figured it out, but his face is so recognizable. It might just be that he's in so much. But you're not watching you're so not much. watching anything he's been in, in the last no, decade. Not. No. <laughs> uh, Better Off Dead is my favorite of all those 80s movies. Fucking love that movie. He's the main guy in there. I love better. Oh, he's the say anything guy with the boombox in the rain. Oh, that mean that's him. Say anything. That's John. Cusack. Maybe I know him from a from a Joan Cusack then. from School of Rock. The woman in School of Rock. Yeah, that's his sister. Joan Cusack. John Cusack. Joan oh, and John. Yeah, that's cute. All right. Next up, the hero of the movie to me, not really kind of uh, Nathan Diamond Dog, uh, played oh, by yeah. played by Ving Rhames, who I hear a hundred times every NFL game because he's the voice of Arby's, a fast food chain here. Arby's, we is have he? the meats. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. it is. It's great commercials and him just he, he leans into it. Uh, we talked about before, I believe he's the only person other than Tom Cruise who has been in every single Mission Impossible movie. Yes, he plays Luther. And I've only seen a couple of the Mission Impossible films, but I feel like I've missed the boat with him a bit. I, I don't know if I'm going to catch up with them all. <laughs> I saw, I've not seen the one with Henry Cavill. Is that Fallout? I saw that one. Okay, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen Fallout on. I think there's Fallout and then the Dead Reckoning ones. I've seen Dead those Reckoning Part 1, yeah. Protocol. I've seen two of them. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. He also voiced um, a character in the Call of Duty World War II game. Did he? Was he yeah. Hitler? No. Oh, okay. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be pretty cool, yeah. He's in Black the Death Hitler. Race film. Oh, my God. Death oh, Race. Oh, Death Did Race. Stay that? tuned. Super stay tuned. No, but you told me about it, so I feel like we need to. When we oh, do my God. Stone He's in Cold all of them. Month. He's in all of them. Okay, that's not that surprising, I guess. Nathan Diamond Dog. And again, if you want to talk about something from 1997 that maybe hits a little differently now, he is like a black nationalist. He blew up a meeting of the NRA, called him the worst of the white race. And I'm like, eh, eh, okay, okay. Go like, off, am I supposed to like him based on 2023? So, yeah, yeah that was that's aged a little <laughs> bit differently. It's funny, isn't it? Because when they go, th you're right, they kind of line everyone up and they tell you what he did, what they're in for. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, this guy murdered an innocent family. This guy blew up a meeting of the NRA. Okay, right. like, uh, I we can get on board. Is this like Who good cop, bad? Yeah, is this here? good like, or bad? <laughs> yeah, what, what are we doing here? All right, but next up is Cyrus the Virus Grissom. Yeah. Played by John Malkovich. We've talked about him already. I fucking love John Malkovich. Unbelievable. He apparently killed more people, or brags that he killed more people than cancer. That's a weird, a weird tagline. Yeah, that's a boast right there, though. Yeah, a very <laughs> weird brag. <laughs> I guess he this he also occupies in this movie like the genius sociopath. Yes. So I think he's they say something about how he's 39 and he spent 25 of those years in prison or something. Yeah, yeah. And he spent all that time. He Got did two degrees. Yeah, he did two degrees or something. So yeah, he's he's highly intelligent and he kind of is rallying the troops in this whole ordeal that's yes, going on in the, the film. He's, he's the ringleader. Exactly. And speaking of things that hit differently, when they said he was 39... And I'm 39. I was like, oh no. God, yeah. yeah, I was like, no, John Malkovich is older than me. He will always. Yeah, John Malkovich has never been 39. No, and this right here, he is not. No, he is older than me. Okay, but I say this. This is a fucking Walter White Heisenberg looking motherfucker right here. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that look exactly, actually. If they replace the prison outfit with the jumpsuit, that's what suit. it is. Jumpsuit, jumpsuit. yeah. Prison jumpsuit. Not outfit. <laughs> no. Yesterday, just yesterday, I went as Walter White for Halloween. You did. I saw that. It was so good. So next year, I'm going to get a, maybe not the orange jumpsuit, but get the sheriff, the prison guard suit. Yeah. And then I'm going to go as Cyrus the Virus Grissom. And then every student will be like, who? Yeah, nobody <laughs> will get the reference. They will not get that reference at all. And then I will tell them to go watch this classic. Oh, hey, surprise, Dave Chappelle. Look who's yeah, what here. what the hell? This is a year before Half-Baked. So Chappelle was basically a nobody. I think it is very, very, very obvious, as stated in the trivia, that he improvised all of his dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> very so clear. Fun. He's very naturally funny. He plays pinball in this, and he's... I can't even think of the word to describe him, but he's kind of doing all the distracting that Cyrus needs as part of the plan. He's to the get linchpin out. to this plan. It yeah. all relies on him. It does because they're all in there. You've got like the people where Nick Cage is sitting who are not high risk. They're all just sitting in regular seats. They're still handcuffed yeah. and strapped up, but Cyrus and his boys are in their own little cages. So they're the big bads. And they've somehow roped Pinball into doing all of this dirty work for them. And we ended up leaving him as well. Hey, he left himself. We'll get there. He he got a little too horny. He got a little too horny. That's there. very true. Yeah. <laughs> but, but speaking of stand-up comedy, this fucking prison guard is doing his own tight five at the comedy store. As when Dave Chappelle comes there, he goes, hey, look at this walking penis. You were one skinny, and I'm like, whoa, okay. That's the yeah. first time that a version of the N-word, or in the case of maybe like the United Negro College Fund or the Negro Leagues, maybe that word gets used in a more derogatory term. Oh, yeah, the casual and not-so-casual racism of these Bruckheimer action movies from the 90s is on full display right here. Yeah, it's... It still makes you jump out of your seat a little bit doesn't it so it's like oh okay you are one skinny i'm like oh jesus yeah. and he's <laughs> so just like come casually. on but i love Chappelle. just like come on man and i'm like was that Chappelle improvising this guy's improvised line this guy was like i'm gonna be racing and actually dave Chappelle, not pinball is like come on man yeah how brave have you got to be to improvise <laughs> that line though <laughs> but then when Baby O comes in, he's like, oh, look at this walking fashion statement. Durag got to go home, boy. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. This, Jesus. Dude, this dude is on a fucking roll. He's oh, on a power oh, trip boy. for sure. He's on a power trip. He's taking everything he can get from these people. All right. So how about, uh, what's your thoughts on uh, Johnny 23? Johnny 23. Trejo? Yeah. Well, First what do you of all, think? it was a jump scare to see Trejo. Yeah. And then I was thinking... Because we see that there's there's pretty much one woman in this film that's not uh, the wife. There is a, there yes, there are two women. I would say the yeah. wife is one A and one B, and they both yeah. drive the actions of the main character in his like white knighthood. It's again exactly yeah. it is such a using women to drive the male's motivation. Yeah, he's got his friend and this woman that he is suddenly you know, driven to protect. But yeah, Trejo's character is just the worst, obviously. And it made I didn't like it because I like Trejo. And How can you just, not like him? Like, he's awesome. I know, but then his only driving force in this film is that he's a rapist. And then I'm like rooting for which one? 
was it John Malkovich who's like, I hate rapists. And I was like, yay. I was like, why am yep. I rooting for this guy now that he just doesn't like rapists? Okay, that's another thing we're going to have to put a pin in and get into is this this movie wants us rooting for these criminals because, yeah. okay, Malkovich, oh, he's done all this killing. He's like, okay, we don't like him. But then right there, they put in a rapist and we're just mm -hmm. like, ooh, other than like a little child molester, this is the worst thing you can be. And then we have Malkovich being like, I think you're worse than like a fucking or you're somewhere between a cockroach and that white shit that gathers yes. on your lips. And it's just like, but for you, I'll make an exception. It's like, OK, are we supposed to be liking him? I am so redeeming? confused. I'm so confused by this film. Who do I root for? Because you're right. You kind of you get introduced to all these characters and you're like, OK, I like them all. And then they're doing obviously a bad thing and they're killing people. But then you get lines like that. Yeah, and especially Steve Buscemi's character later on uh, in the film. Well, I don't just, know if no, I'm supposed pin, to like no. it or not. Put a massive, massive fucking stake right. in it. We will get to goddamn Garland Green in this movie in time. Okay, I've got that in fucking bold. But also yeah. Johnny23 says it'd be Johnny600 if they knew. And it's just like, Jesus. <gasps> yeah, okay. it's just um, there, there's nothing to this whole character apart from that. And you're right. It does actually drive Nick Cage's entire thing. Yeah, he only wants to protect it's, it's this of a different woman time. of a different time. Okay. We, <laughs> so we see pinball kind of regurgitate or throw up where he had this. It was, it was like a tampon. It wasn't a condom. It looked like a tampon. It was too small. Yeah. To be a condom. Yeah. I couldn't figure out what it was either. It looked to me like, um, you know, like if you were to roll cigarettes, yeah, it looked like a like a paper from a cigarette, but I but feel was, like that would it, disintegrate. It, yes, it was it was definitely plastic because he kind of bites it. It looks like lighter fluid and a match. And he talks again, the casual racism here where he talks about, hey, Cochise in chief to this Native American dude. But holy shit, he had a line that had me fucking rolling on the floor when he yells fire. The last of the Mohican is burning, man. And I'm just like, God damn. It's the last oh of the it's like, Jesus, lights this fucking dude on fire. And all hell breaks loose. Diamond Dog and Cyrus have these needles in their skin, which may in have been their like, hands. It looks like it may have been like super glued or some kind of that because it looked like very Oh, I rough. thought they had it under the skin. I do think so. But it looked like whenever you get super glue stuck. Yeah, yeah. It looked like it could have been that, which would have been a lot easier like to put right. in. But they get it out. They pick their cuffs. And then, yeah, it's all about fucking pinball because he then has to pull the lever. And yeah. they're relying on him completely. Completely. Yeah, he has to distract I don't even know this woman's name, Bishop. They have to distract guard Bishop and then get the keys and then pull all the levers down. So yeah, without pinball, none of this would have happened. The yeah. plan would be foiled without yep. him. We also skipped over something very important. Ooh. Before they get on the plane, we got a moment, which I only know as a meme. And I did the Leonardo DiCaprio point at the screen thing where Nick Cage gets out of the bus and in slow oh, motion, course, his hair blows in the wind. And I laughed out loud i don't often you know when you watch a film by yourself you might not laugh out loud or like oh no i do i scream laugh if yeah i but, don't yeah. usually but in this film so many times i went like what or in this moment i laughed out loud because i was never knew where this meme was from the slow motion hair blowing and it was awesome unfortunately i always see that now with like anti-vax oh when they're like that feeling when you didn't get the covid shot oh and it's just... no like, Why I know. did they steal it from I, us? I think a big reason is Aaron Rodgers, noted dipshit American football quarterback, when he showed up for the Jets, his new team's training camp, 
was dressed like Nicolas Cage with the. Oh. It's called a wife beater here. It is, the, yeah. The, and that's oh, okay. what we know it as. Yeah. The white tank top. I was explaining to some kids in class. I was like, yeah, we should probably get a different name for it, like white tank top. But yes, that's what it is with the tight jeans and the long hair. So I think that kind of was another reason why that got back up. We need to reclaim it because I love it. The wife beater or the meme? No, the meme. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll leave the white beater. Uh, we do get the first of John Malkovich, John Malkovich, and him and Nicholas Cage are trying to outdo each other in this. Mm-hmm. But he puts the gun to the pilot's head. It's like next, uh, what is, oh, no, it's the next week's. Why do I have the next week's on there? But the next thing you'll see will, or the next wings, that's what it is. Fucking autocorrect. The next wings you <laughs> see will belong to the flies buzzing over your rotting corpse. He just enunciates everything it. so much. But yes, He's great. then we get the line, welcome to Con Air. Now the movie's starting. Now the movie has started. But as the, the oh, we should say, we need to talk about Malloy again. There's too much in it. We can't talk about everything. But Malloy with the DEA gets his boy on board and he sneaks him a gun. This dude is yes. panicking like fucking crazy. Pulls the gun, puts it to Pinball's head, which we get another of the, the Negro oh, shit, yes. lines, a two bit crackhead. And hilarious line my next line of the show where he says he's dea and pinball says oh you're the most crooked again n-word on this plane i was like okay that's that's a good line quality line. yeah it was a good line and yeah this guy panicked and i thought dude what because i think he was put into the plane as like a mole to get information out of somebody from sandino the guy who ends up double crossing yeah so he was supposed to be this kind of cool he's one of their best guys Supposed to be this cool, calm, collected guy. And he, as soon as shit goes down, he pulls out his gun, gives himself away. I'm like, I probably wouldn't. I mean, I'm not DEA. Obviously, I don't know what you're supposed to do, but I feel like he should have Picked not the revealed moment. himself. Yeah. yeah. Don't reveal yourself as DEA. If you're on a plane of criminals who are all loose, don't be like, I'm DEA, boys. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Like, literally find a moment where you can just, using 90s term, you can just cap someone. Yes, and then, get out it, of there. Yeah, because as far as guns go, you know, he's the only one that had them before they got yes. you know, the other ones uh, in there because then he got the pilot's gun. I should say that Cyrus got the pirate's, pirate's, mm-hmm. gu- the pirate's, the pirate's gun. gun. The, the pilot's Ahoy. gun. The pilot's gun when he came out. <laughs> one of the funniest moments of the movie comes from, at, one is Nick Cage, I don't, or I should say Cameron Poe because that's the actual character. I don't yep. think he's trying to do it. He's trying to help him, but he inadvertently kind of helps kill this fucking dude. By intervening in this and the look, the DA guy gets shot. Yeah. And he falls to his knees and kind of looks up at, at Poe. And Poe gives him this look of he kind of shakes his head and turns it. It's not one of dis- it's not one of anger. It's just disappointment. It's disappointment. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, disappointment. Just, it's like, dude, this dude just died and you didn't give him like, oh man, I'm sorry. You gave him a Oh, you fumbled, you fumbled yes, real bad there, this, dude. Yeah. This look was so good, and I need to make that like a reaction meme of just like, mm, like, oh, no, disappointed. Yeah, like, oh, no, oh, that was a mistake, my dude. <laughs> yeah, that was such a great moment. Yeah, because you're right. Because that guy sneaks up on him, which ends up getting him killed. Yeah, and he tells and him, he makes Cage a friend like of him. He's like, him. hey, good work, Poe. It's like you just made. Oh, as Baby <laughs> says, you just made a friend of Cyrus the damn virus. <laughs> Baby O played by okay. McKelty Williamson, Bubba mm-hmm. Gump from Forrest Gump. That's him. Shrimp Is it boat. really? That shrimp, that shrimp, our shrimp hair. That's him. That's McKelty Williamson. Oh my God. That's he has maybe been why in, I recognize him then. Dude, but he has been in so much. 
but unrecognizable from Bubba. Like, I don't recognize yeah. this guy and Bubba. I'm like, that's damn good acting right there. That's a good point. Yeah, actually, I don't recognize his face that much. Not at all. Now that I'm looking at him. Oh, he's in The Purge films. That's pretty cool. He's in a lot. Bubba Blue. Yeah, he's in a lot. You're going to get that caught in a tripwire, son. <laughs> that movie fucking sucks. You want to do a movie where I'm going to make fun of a movie that everybody loves? Fucking Forrest Gump. What a piece Why don't of you shit. Oh, let's not get into it. No. Let's oh, not get no. Into it. That, that'll be long. That'll be very long. That'll be a special history episode of On the Path where Brett gets to do a historical movie. And just oh, do we never like talk that. about history. We do as much as I can. <laughs> it's just it's a really one-sided conversations. <laughs> I'm more, sorry. You no, know, it's more or less me putting it in there. But Napoleon... Maybe stay tuned for a current watch one. I can't wait for that. Peak 90s again for the eighth time. Finish your drink every time I talk about peak 90s. When they talk about needing three bodies. Oh, yeah. Pinball says, as we say in Ebonics, we be fucked. And man, fucking Ebonics, African-American vernacular was such a thing from the 90s when it was, we're just two separate races. And by God, we just have to have two separate languages. And okay. they made like this Ebonics almost in like an academic thing. It might've been the most like bleeding heart liberal thing of the nineties was equating this into it. And it's just like, it's fucking slang y'all. It's okay yeah. to call it slang and to put it in things and not make it formal. I didn't realize what that was, but yeah, you can just have, I guess like colloquialisms without having to be an actual official thing. We be fucked. As we say in the bonics, we be fucked. And man, I just fucking time it. Wormhole. I was thrown through a fucking wormhole back to the goddamn 90s. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Poe wants to leave because he's saying like, okay, we can get off here and everything's good. Oh, but baby, I wants to go with him. But he's black and all the uh, inmates were white. So then Poe is like, I'll get you off. I'll scream to high heaven. They give a little fist pump and it's like blowing yeah. down. Oh, wait, but they're going to squeal, so they're going to be gagged. At which point, Poe does a super fucking sus thing of then being like, uh, I want to stay. They're like, I know. Why? Oh, I guess I got scared of leaving. It's like, okay, dude. No. He doesn't even come up with a good story. He just all of a sudden's like, oh, I changed my mind. Oh, uh, I changed my mind. <laughs> well, I thought about actually leaving. It's just like, yeah, this should be like red flag, like a massive fucking red flag in their face. And it does kind of put them on their suspicions a little bit, but not yeah. enough. Not enough for me. If I was Cyrus, the virus would have been like, no, you're going. Yeah, I would have been like, you're, you're already here. You're in the lineup. You have to go. You're here. You're in line. We've got the duct tape out. We can't put the duct tape back. Like, we're going to put yes. it over there <laughs> and then go. Oh, another funny fucking thing. <laughs> thing I was dying at was the DEA the DEA agent. Had this fucking boombox sized fucking <laughs> tape recorder on it. <laughs> yeah. This thing is like as big as a VCR. And it's meant to be like a secret wire. It's so stupid. It's so goddamn big. Yeah, those people clearly didn't give a fuck. Like if he had had the slightest pat down, it would have been game over. <laughs> it would have been game over this for thing, this guy. Oh my God, it's so hilariously big. And so Poe sneaks that on a guy, one of the, the pilot and some other people. Yeah. Um, that they put on in between all of this is going on, though, we get Larkin and company that discover Cyrus's cash at his prison cell and boom, it goes big boom, blow up. Oh, shit. Yeah. Out of nowhere. They have all these clues, everything that's kept in the walls, everything. And yeah, there. Yes. Then it completely blows the place up. That reminded me of a scene in Breaking Bad. I can't remember if you've seen Breaking Bad or not. Of course. Come on now. I just said I went as Walter White. You know, I have. Oh, uh, yeah. You're talking you know about the hospital? Yeah. Yeah. 
the hospital. Let's we don't want to ruin it. too much. I do need to do a rewatch of Breaking Bad. I need to. Same. I have. I haven't watched it literally since it went off the air. Now, what, like ten years ago? Nine, eight, nine years it's, ago? It's actually been so long. Yeah. No, I yeah. need to do that. And Sopranos. I always threaten to myself to do a rewatch, as if like. <laughs> As if my brain's not gonna be like, yeah, fucking do it, dude. Like, yeah, oh no, exactly. oh no. Like, who, who are you trying to convince? Yeah, like? that's a don't threaten me with a good time. We're gonna rewatch Sopranos or Breaking Bad. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> All right. So as they're get down in this station, I think it was Carson City, right? Yeah, they land yeah. at Carson City to do this changeover. Pinball gets off, gets a little bit horny, hits on this pilot or some woman working at the airfield. Sessie's with the Department of Erec. Oh no, sorry, corrections. And I was like, bro, no, Dave should come know. on. You are. Please tell me that was a written line and that was not improvised or thought of. Bro, you are fucking better than that boomer ass humor. I think it was I think it was a improvisational comedy. That was terrible. Like that li <laughs> that is such a junior high line. It is. It really is. It's so stupid. Yes. I need to go back and watch it actually and watch her reaction to it. That might give it away. Oh, well, I'm, she was doing an admirable job there of just Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, rolling with the punches there. Mm -hmm. This is where we are introduced, though, to Hannibal Lecter's stand-in, Garland Yay! Green, played by the amazing, speaking of Sopranos, the amazing Steve Buscemi. Yes, this is the extra super bad guy. So the guys that were in the cages, they were famous in in the world of prison i guess but this guy is they're like afraid the of beyonce. him yeah he's like the beyonce, beyonce of prisoners you know how beyonce is like the celebrity of the celebrities like yeah. all celebrities fangirl over beyonce these guys were just so excited to meet garland green he was strapped up straight over his face everything the so you know Lecter he's look, a bad yeah. guy yeah so i think they say something like he killed 30 people and the way they ki he killed and made this other people look like yeah. angels, like saints. And I love the way Cyrus speaks about him. They're like, this is no way to treat a national treasure. I love your work. Get, Let him out. Let him big out. Big fan. Like, I'm a big fan of you, sir. Yeah, yeah he is. Yeah, Hannibal Lecter, Science of the Lambs, the fake character. But this is Ed Gein, uh, who in real life was the leather face who actually wore people's faces. Yeah, the real life killer. Look him up. Ed, G-E-I-N was his last name. Uh, he talks about in there. So yeah, all of these actual like serial killers, they kind of use them. And I guess we're it's, it's fucking Steve Buscemi, who at this time in 1997 was very much a bit character actor. But he'd been okay. in enough to where you're like, oh, shit, OK, I kind of know him in that sense there. And yeah, the other inmates are afraid of him. And this is like, I guess, if yeah, Beyonce and Taylor Swift like got together, it would break the fucking Internet if they did a concert together. Yes. A yes. mashup. A big mashup, yeah. But yeah, I don't understand if I'm supposed to like him or not because, like it, you say, the everybody's movie scared either. of him. Yeah, nobody knows. <laughs> everybody's scared of him, but he's very, he's a silent type. He's not kicking and screaming. We never see him act violently. Never. He's very stoic. He's talking in riddles almost. And then he suddenly comes out with, oh, uh, one of the girls, I wore her head as a hat and drove through three states and i was like excuse me and then it doesn't ever circle back to that no <laughs> like, and then and then poe was like it's my daughter's birthday can you just not tell me all this <laughs> shit? <laughs> no it's the number one what the fuck ism in a movie that should be titled what the fuck i don't understand what the movie was trying to do we'll we'll get to it put the pin in it we're gonna move the pin now to further down 
because Garland mm-hmm. Green stays in till the bitter fucking end. Yeah. So we will get there. So they find out what's happening. They beat. I love that. It, I love that they find out what's going on because they beat an inmate and the recording device comes out. Yes. They start squealing. Cyrus blows the dude's fucking head off and they take off. And then Swamp Thing, play, the pilot played oh, by the thing, great yeah. MC Ganey, who said this was his favorite movie. He's been in a ton of shit. Oh, I think it was in Mighty Ducks. I think it was a limo driver in Mighty Ducks. The dude's awesome. <laughs> And he gets, a, I think it was a tagline. Actually, I haven't, as I mentioned before, I never watched a trailer for these until I'm editing the episode. So the trailer might that, that I put in there might actually have the, nobody on this airplane gives a flying fuck. Ha, get it? Get, I'm like, dude, yes, we fucking get it, yeah, We get it. Yeah, we get it. You don't need to explain that, you dumb motherfucker. Yeah, that was so funny. So he's like their, their pilot that they find. They pick up yeah, he's at the, the pilot. Yes, at the Carson City, they pick up some more people, and he's the pilot that they pick up. And he is, you know, when you think of a pilot, you think of someone who sticks by the rules, very, very straight-laced. And he, like he says, doesn't give a fuck, just drives into shit, goes, lands the plane wherever he wants. And yeah, just, he's quite a funny character. And I totally forgot he was called Swamp Thing. Yeah, MC Ganey from South London. Oh no shit. No, he's from Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> I just wonder what what an accent. No, it's fucking Mississippi. <laughs> if that dude. Oh, apparently he was in Django, which I still need to see. <gasps> when am I gonna watch Django? Please, please. There, okay, I beg. What are the odds that he played a racist character in Django? Oh, there's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> there's no doubt. I need, to, I need to have a look. Let me let me see okay, if I can look remember. It up. Um, it's been a while since I watched Django, but okay. but I will. I mean, look at him. I will talk about pinball. R.I.P. Pinball. Pinball then takes off after the plane. He gets caught up in the gear. Yeah. We will get to him because it's not the last we've seen. We kind of see it as the coaches, the Native American, is on the plane saying "Yo," and again somehow he can hear him. He laughs at him. He flips him off, and then whoop. Gets pretty much caught up in the wheel work, which we will see later. In the landing gear, oh, the landing gear, nasty way to go. Well, we won't, we won't see him later. We'll see his god fucking awful puppet later. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> we'll see that later. That none of the seventy-five million dollar budget went into <laughs> this prosthetic. Not prosthetic. It's not a puppet. What would you call that? I don't know. It looks of like a when, big giant pillow. Yeah, like the big pillow of Dave Chappelle <laughs> later. But we we haven't talked about him too much yet, but we get to Malloy, Duncan Malloy, I believe is yeah. his name. He is irate, is played by Colm Meany from... I don't know, up? but I recognize him. Oh, he's from Dublin, Ireland. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant what film is he from? Oh, no. Yeah, he's, he's a, from Dublin. He's from Dublin. He's from Dublin. He guest starred on Always Sunny. Always Sunny oh. in Philadelphia. When they went to Ireland. Holy shit. His accent is fucking nuts. Like, it's just so fucking Dublin. Like, he leans into it there. And what right, I've heard him before. Okay. And then hearing him here. And he was on Star Trek also. It's like, damn, he is screaming. He is. First off, if anybody's overacting, I'd be like, it's always going to be Nicolas Cage. Or John Malkovich. Like, them two are mm. trying to overact each other. And then Cole Meany, like the Kool-Aid man, busts into this movie, <laughs> screaming every line. And I'm like, dude, he is screaming. At no point does his accent even remotely slip through. It's fucking no, great. I never had a clue never. until I looked at his IMDb. Yeah. But he's also in Layer Cake. And I can't remember oh, if he if man. he has an Irish accent in Layer Cake or not. I saw that movie 
probably it came out like an 04, 06 or something. That's 04 Matthew right, Vaughn. Yeah. 04. I saw that a couple of years afterwards. Fucking damn. That was my introduction to Daniel Craig. Like when, nice. oh, that's right. Cause it was Casino Royale came out. I'm like, holy shit, Daniel Craig is awesome. I went and watched Layer Cake. Fucking love that movie and have not revisited it in the 16, 17 years since. Yeah, I, I would like to watch that one again. More out of curiosity now to see if we hear Colm's uh, Irish accent. Do you think? Well, no, because it's it's Matthew Vaughn. I was going to say, if he was if it was an American, I'd be like, you think he's just doing a Lucky Charms yeah. hair? <laughs> oh, tie, 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 tie. Kiss me, Blarney. All right, so Larkin and Malloy make contact with Cyrus. And again, everybody in this movie that's supposed to be bad is so goddamn charismatic. Exactly. I'm rooting for them the whole way. I'm rooting for them. And he gives he he knows how to play the game. And he's like, here's what we're going to do. I ask a question. You ask a question. He asked them how they knew. It's very clear that Larkin is lying. He then asked him a question. It's very clear he's lying. And he's like, yeah, you're the same, this like is- a quid pro quo. And then nothing makes me sadder than the agent lost his bladder in the airplane. So God, like, why is he singing? Like, this is a psychotic, sociopathic killer, like the number one in the country. Mm-hmm. And he's just saying this jingle. God damn, this movie. They don't the Wicker Man. They don't make him like that. I'm sorry. Hocus yeah. Pocus. They don't make him like that anymore. Mm-hmm. The 90s is such a weird fucking time where it was like yeah. Hollywood didn't know what to do on the eve of the millennium where you get these <laughs> movies that are fucking one of a kind. I love them as well. And I love, I think Colm or Malloy is so good in that he just is flies off the wire. He bites because Cyrus is very obviously trying to taunt them at this point, being like, oh, your guy's dead. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to sing and dance and yeah. make fun of you guys. And Vince Larkin kind of keeps his cool and tries to negotiate, but <laughs> Duncan Malloy just flies off, off the, the handle. handle. Yeah, yeah, immediately, just... immediately. You motherfucker! I don't like so him. Much, hey, I don't so like him. So, yeah. 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 Okay, I don't want to speak to him again. <laughs> if he talks, we're done. Guys. <laughs> so good, so good. Unique, unique performance here. Uh, and then, because uh, if you thought, hey, we're done saying the N-word. Poe, and I like what Poe does here. Poe goes to Diamond Dog. And it's a good question, because I had the question, too. He's like, hey, you're a black nationalist, and you're taking orders from this white boy. And then Vig Rames is like, ooh, I can be a how. Like, he's talking about, I can be a, in the voice I'm not even going to do. Yeah. Like, him doing that voice. He's like, I can be a house. And I'm just like, gee, Zus, the N word was used so much more than I yeah. realized. Yeah, I didn't remember. Well, I don't remember this film at all, to be honest. I'm not even sure if I've seen it before. Before we watched it, I thought you I thought, watched this when yeah. I was younger. But yeah. now, maybe I would have been too young for it and I was wouldn't have made any sense of it at all. But I do not remember a lot of that. But yeah, he's basically insinuating it's just a means to an end. I'm going to get yes. what I need. And then I'm, I thought, oh, he's going to turn on him eventually. Yes. And maybe yeah. that was a rewrite. They probably wrote that in one day and they're like, oh, we got a nice twist because it would make sense for his character. Mm-hmm. Bing Rames, again, as an accomplished good actor, was probably like, what the fuck is my character doing? And they're like, yeah. hey, black nationalist, it doesn't make sense that you'd be going along with this guy, right? You'd be taking orders from a white guy. At the end, you wait. And he's like, OK. And then he just mm-hmm. fucking basically disappears. Yeah, I don't even <laughs> remember what happens. To this I don't either. I don't. I literally thought I was like, oh, shit. But we'll I get don't there. Remember at all. Yeah, maybe our, our memories will jog. But this is where 
we get when we talk about the politics of this movie, we get it on the line here that Malloy is basically representing this common sense, punish the criminals, very much this conservative 90s America where it's like these are fucking animals. And then Larkin is representing this new age sociopathic little democratic liberal thing where it's like, no, their circumstances cause this. And it's almost here. Larkin uses a great line. And I looked it up and I think it is an actual line of Dostoevsky, Fyodor Dostoevsky, the 19th century Russian novelist, where it says, judge a country based on how it treats its prisoners. And I'm like, Mm. I do like that. Because again, I'm in fucking America, where we percentage-wise have the highest incarceration rate, I think, in the entire world. Definitely the industrialized world. And we fucking brutalize our prison prisoners. Our prisons largely here are for profit. I know. That's how fucked up it is. Mm-hmm. And, but we have that mentality here of when you do a crime, you deserve it because pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Otherwise, blah, blah, blah. And so we get this kind of a little face off here. But even though in reality, I would agree with Larkin somewhat. This is kind of where Larkin becomes not the villain, but bad because, yeah, bro, they should blow this fucking plane right out of the sky. Yeah, especially when it gets towards I don't want to. Spo- I'm not. I'm not spoiling. Well, go the end, ahead. But no, it's open. Yeah, the end is wait, very hold, much. Did you just, wait, did you say <laughs> you didn't want to spoil? If anybody out there is actually watching this shit, like <laughs> while they're watching the movie, that's on them. <laughs> this is not a live watch along. Go to the Wicker no, Man for it's that. Not, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I was I was Team Larkin the whole way through the movie. I was like, I love him. He is the man. I'm obsessed with this guy. He's great. And then at the end, it's like you get very. It's quite a long decision actually, where they're going back and forth. The pilot saying, "This isn't. We're, this is our chance. We're over. Yes. We're, you know, we're over a desert. We can shoot them down. We might be able to help some of them." And Larkin's like, no, 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 that's my plane. He's like really obsessed with the plane, which he's I don't like, understand. Oh, he's like, oh, he's got a wife. He's got a. And it's just like, bro. Yeah sorry you're yes we'll just talk about it now because we're already talking about it and we'll save it for the end but they fucking destroy vegas how many people died you've never been to vegas right no anybody that has been to vegas can understand the vegas strip imagine the vegas strip in your mind assuming this is at night i assume it's like a week night it does actually doesn't fucking matter it's probably in the summer they might have even said the day oh july 14th duh it is in the summer they didn't say like a like the day of the week landing a plane like this on the fucking Vegas strip crashing into a casino and I'll save the trivia for that till the end that would kill if it only killed a few hundred it would be a fucking miracle so yes this was where in 1997 when I watched it I'm just like yeah Larkin's right but now I'm like damn they should have shot that motherfucker down like immediately Oh my God, are we turning into conservatives with our old age? Is this what happens? I don't think that, but no, definitely not. (laughs) No, No, the older I get, the more that I'm just like, you know, Chairman Mao was a little bit too liberal for me. And by liberal, I mean right leaning, like liberal in the far economic goes. So, no, that's not the case. But this is one of those, like, holy shit, the plane is headed for the Las fucking Vegas Strip. Like, yes, you say they should have put nope. it put it down in the desert. Yes, like yes, Poe is a fucking extenuating circumstance, and yes, it yeah. sucks. But you're talking about thousands of mm-hmm. people on this strip. Okay, well, it, yeah, we kind of put the cart before the horse. There, Sorry, we will get there. No, but now, now we get. Uh, this is 
This is where we get the Dave Chappelle puppet, which is about $8 of the $75 budget. <laughs> this shit is so bad. It is so bad. Yeah, I couldn't it's stop so looking bad. at it. And I was like, <laughs> I hope he got to keep that. that. Yeah, imagine that's in his house. Yeah, I got to keep that. Um, This is Billy Bedlam. Oh, that's right. Because Diamond Dog told him to go down there. Billy Bedlam then kind of did that. I don't know you. But then mm. when Bing Rings comes back up, when him and Poe come back up, He's like, oh, he had that. What the fuck did he have? It wasn't the bunny. Big Rames had something. And they're like, what is that? And he says, personal possessions are down there. Yes. And, and that he is brought what, sunglasses. Sunglasses. That's what it was. And then Billy goes down there and Poe's like, well, I got to cut up this loose end. Yeah. They go Falls down there. Down. They go down there. And I love this fucking claustrophobic fight scene because it may be yeah. the only time ever that a screenplay had, quote, they rushed at each other, hunched over. <laughs> I loved it as well because there was one bit that looked so weird. And it was, I think Nick Cage was on the bottom and the other guy, and he just kind of did this weird like crab movement to, <laughs> to like splat the other guy into the roof. And I was like, this is so bizarre that they have to run at each other like in this weird crab position. Yeah, he gets impaled by, uh, I don't remember what the fuck it was. I don't know what it was either, but it was out of nowhere. Yeah, something impaled. Something yeah. that shouldn't have been there. And why didn't you just put the bunny back in the box? That yeah should have been the tagline. I'd make that the tagline yeah, now. That's on the poster for yeah. me. Uh, they go back up. Some other shit happens. Garland Green, again, if we're talking about the most 90s thing, here's the next thing to add on there. Garland Green says... Am I insane? Insane is working 50 years for a pension and then retiring to a home. This was a problem in the 90s. Everything was so fucking good that it was a problem that you had a stable, well-paying job <laughs> with a pension. This is what the 1999 movie American Beauty that would win Best Picture with Kevin Spacey was all about. The horror, the nightmare of having a safe and secure job in a nice fucking house. I can't buy a fucking house right now as a yeah. public high school teacher. So please take me back to a time where I would bitch about a secure mm -hmm. job in my house in the suburbs, please. I know. Imagine. And then you have to move to a retire. You have to move to a retirement home. Oh, oh no. Oh no. Imagine being taken care of Jesus. in your old age. Yes. But again, I joke about it. But like I said, American Beauty in 1999 was like the encapsulation of this time where it was mm. a, a guy that was so fucking bored with his perfect little life that he yeah. had to quit his job, go have an affair and work at like a burger place. And that is so inconceivable in the 21st century. Yeah, that's actually wild. I imagine. I know it's it's sad as well because so many people like can't get a job, can't get a house, Dude. can't get something stable. Yeah, it like would that's do not, anything for that. Like that's that's not an exaggeration. Like not to yeah. get too serious here, as I'm on my third tequila and we're talking about con fucking air. I work. <laughs> I'm a teacher in the same district that I was in in 2010, yeah. where I easily bought a starter home in this by myself, a three bed, two bath, 1600 square foot with a pool and a hot tub. Yeah. I bought by myself. I literally cannot buy that same house 13 years later. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. America, rock flag and I eagle. Just, yeah. I just about got my house like two years ago. But Bragger. well, I was one. <laughs> do you know how many people put an offer you on this house? You, you told me it was like 80 or something. 98. 98. People. I think it was on the market for 
um, a couple of weeks and like 250 people came to view it and 98 Christ. people put in an offer. Damn, you lucky. I know I have. And like, you know, what? mine, mine wouldn't have been the highest offer or anything. I don't know what went into it, but there was too many people to do a bidding war. So everybody just put their highest offer and their circumstances in and they chose from that. I'm so jealous of your house. I love my little house. I know. Like it's I so love it awesome. so much. Yeah. So I, feel very, I do feel very lucky. But before I got this house, I tried to buy five houses and they all fell through for various weird reasons. But I, I am a believer that it is all for a reason. Yeah. And yeah. this is the reason. This is why. Because all those other houses were shit. <laughs> Goddamn. Money Goddamn. Pit. They were awful. Tom Hanks. All right. We get to Lerner Airfields. God damn, we've been going a while. Okay, we'll pick it up. We'll pick it up. We get to yeah. Lerner Airfield. Did you see how much the gas was here? No. <laughs> Here's the thing that threw me off. The gas was a dollar and three cents for regular, mm -hmm. but a dollar and eight cents for unleaded. They still had leaded gas at this place in 1997. Oh, I'm confused. I'm pretty sure leaded gas and lead in paint killed like yeah. millions of people. <laughs> in oh, america at this time but we still have unleaded but i think that's just what it's it called has it's to still be un just, it has yeah. to be unleaded because leaded gas and like leaded paint yeah, I think it was leaded paint. yeah it was literally fucking killing people yeah but ours is still called unleaded it is here too but what i yeah. mean is if you see reg actually i should say this i don't even know if it says unleaded anymore because it's just fucking common sense now yes if it was to say it's all unleaded yeah, yeah there's regular gas and there's premium What's the right. cheapest gas you can ever remember seeing? Oh, I have no idea. Well, what, no it, idea. What do you mean you have no? What's was it like last year? Last what? Well, last year that I went to buy what? petrol. No, just okay. Well, I was gonna say it has to be sometime you remember the cheapest. You don't. Maybe I that's don't an, look. Okay, I that's don't look. I remember in 1997. It might have been 96 mm. or 97 because I was on my way to like seventh grade or eighth grade. I saw it for 89 cents. Oh, that's the cheapest yeah, I've ever seen. But I, I don't also, even look because it depresses me, so I don't look. It's that cheap again here. I think it's like two seventy. Mm. I don't think it's cheap here. It's Texas. We should have like we usually have the cheapest shit here in like North Texas. Yeah. Like gas is um, usually amongst the cheapest. All right, Diamond Dog wants to kill some pigs, and we get the line of the episode. <gasps> this is John Malkovich's line. It's not difficult to surmise Nathan's feelings towards killing these guards, and my own proclivities are well-known and often lamented facts of penal lore. What a fucking <laughs> insane, unhinged, yeah. outrageous line. What the fuck does it even mean? I have no idea, but I just love that he talks about his own lore. Yes, he's like, <laughs> and my like own, as he's walking on the wing mm -hmm. of this plane, and my own proclivities are well known and often lamented facts of penal. It's just like, who the fuck wrote this goddamn line? I know, it's brilliant. Yeah. And then my favorite part <laughs> of this scene is Nicolas Cage trying to be tough, kicking the cops over. Oh, he's yeah. Like, oh, take that. I no, hate Nothing cops. more than I would have put a. And he kicks him a slug yeah. in the back of these pigs, but you know, and it's just like, God damn it, dude. You are so fucking obvious that you're not yeah. an actual criminal. I loved as well when he comes back up to the plane after having killed um the guy in the crouching fight. Yeah. He comes back up and sits down beside uh Buchemi and he just looks at his hands, you know, like, I'm a killer. 
He already oh, killed people like, with those hands. Like, you've already killed people, and stop <laughs> making it so obvious that you've just killed someone. It's like there's no subtlety in anything he does. Wait, brilliant. holy shit! It just hit me. What, dude, did I miss what happens to Bill? Like what they think happens to Billy? I'm not sure. Billy just disappears. Oh well, Steve Buscemi notices. Because he says two went down, one came up. Yeah, but like I didn't even Nobody think about this notices. until this literal moment right now. They never think, like, Where where's he? Billy? What happens yeah. to him? Until they see him dead in the bottom of the thing later on, remember? Yeah, when Ving Rames gets the fucking note and yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. they'd okay. never even think to, you know, wonder where is this? I mean, this, they, uh... they, do, they do have a lot going on. I'll give True. him that. But he's pretty much like number three right now. Exactly. He's one of two. the top dogs. But anyway. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay. If you thought the movie couldn't get any more insane, Garland now has a hallucination in which he visits a World War II era bomb testing site and has tea with this fucking make-believe girl. And did I just fucking take some LSD? What the fuck am I watching? Yeah, I didn't know what was going on here, whether it was real or not, because I initially thought, oh, there's, he's hallucinating for sure. And then there's a trailer park behind the swimming pool. And I thought, do these people live here? Is this an actual it's real like girl? A fuck, it's like a fucking World War II bomb testing site where everything just looks like it's supposed yeah. to be real, but it's about 50 years old. It was really bizarre. And again, I don't know what the point of that whole thing was. He gets a doll. What's the point of his character in general? Except yeah. because like you said, he's not threatening. Everything no. they say makes him a fucking monster. He's the worst of the worst. When literally Diamond Dog is like, oh shit, what, yes. what's this guy going to do? When he shouldn't be afraid <laughs> of anybody, period. Right. I don't understand. It may, they were setting him up to have a moment in the film where he would have went crazy and started killing folks or you know being helpful <laughs> i think on honestly i think the thing was this is supposed to like oog and weird us out it's just like oh my god what's he gonna do to that girl is he gonna fucking kill that girl are they gonna cut to just her doll there mm -hmm. and no i i i think that's what it is i think it was just to weird us out and it worked fucking i mean perfectly. yeah it worked it did work because i was on edge the whole time not knowing what was going to come next with this character. And then it ended up that nothing happened. Yeah. Uh, do we need to talk about Sally can't dance? I, I, I This is a, a similar, similar to Steve Buscemi's character. Actually, I don't know the point. Is it played for homophobic <laughs> jokes or, or is it super fucking progressive and ahead of its time that she's never made fun of by the, yeah. by the crew John, uh, their actors I'm sorry, name. I'm really bad for that. Cyrus trusts him. Is, is, mm -hmm. They're not trans, right? It's a him. He's just a crossdresser. Is it, it's not a. I think so. Her? Yeah. Is it a her? Is I'm it, not sure. It's, it doesn't confirm sure. that. It's but called it's, Sally Can't Dance, and it says uh, it would be trans and many uniform. I think I honestly God think it's like trans, and he trusts yeah. her by giving her the gun and mm -hmm. says, "Scratch their eyes out," which I think is kind of a joke for here. But he's also not like, and scratch their eyes out. You it, no, he's trusting her. I yeah. think it's a bit of this is like super fucking ahead of its time. But the drunk uncles out there can be like, oh, look at this fucking guy. He thinks he's a girl as he mm -hmm. just knee slaps himself into oblivion. Yeah, I was not sure if it was uh, like a trans woman or if it was, you know, just like a crossdresser. But yeah, I was quite 
taken aback in a good way that it wasn't going to be made fun of because there, like we said there was lots of like racist comments in this film oh. so i was like oh god yeah. when he starts when they start looking for the dress and the suitcase and everything that's like their number one priority is to, like get an outfit and i was like okay let's go but you're right they whenever they come running back in the dress all the boys are just like look at you and I, it's just it was kind of cool i know like nobody's like oh you queer you know queer yeah, mo yeah. look at this gay lord over here to use that yeah, term. like we've seen in so many films we've watched recently yeah don't get me wrong i will never accuse a jerry brookheimer movie of being progressive on lgbtq <laughs> plus issues i think this was inadvertently ahead of its time accidentally progressive accidentally progressive cyrus is a fucking master of tactics though as he cooks up this ambush of this approaching police military all while your boy Johnny 23 decides it's time to act and he makes his move to go back to Bishop goes back to Bishop starts getting the assault on there, but Cameron Poe comes and white Knight saves the day and don't <laughs> treat women <laughs> like that. And I know his character in the wicker yeah. man would not be saying that. No, he would be like, punch women. He, he would go there and go to Bishop, the woman, and be like, start punching her. <laughs> <laughs> so many of my notes uh, for this film are all in capital letters, including that line, don't treat women like that, sweet home Alabama. And don't yeah, she? that was just insane. And the amount of this film didn't, what would you say the budget was? 75 million? 75. Explosions, fire, and slow motion running of nick cage running through fire and running through gunshots military action all to get to save bishop from trejo and don't forget the guitar yeah. i like the guitar is out of control absolutely <laughs> out of control all right we need to pick it up we're going so goddamn long. oh i'm sorry i know yeah. i know no no that's all of us here i was trying to be like we have to get this under hour 45. My goal was honestly an hour 45. We've been at an hour 30, but we're going to get an hour 45. All right. Like you yeah. mentioned, this song is awesome. Unfortunately, Leonard Skinner had been tied to like the Confederate flag. Oh. They always have it on shirts and whatnot. Very much in that sense, which kind of sucks because the song is fucking awesome. But the it's time has come. Yeah, absolutely. Southern rock. Yeah. The time has come for Poe to reap the whirlwind. And they finally figure out that it's him. But baby O steps up or steps forward he hasn't done much has he he's been just fucking dying this whole movie yeah sorry he's like diabetic yeah that's, that, and that's, that's that's the driving force exactly. of nicholas cage in this film is that he needs to find a needle yes the Whilst woman this whole thing is going on you're right john malkovich is putting together this whole military operation and cameron poe is just like i just need a needle for my friend and to save this woman from the rapist that's that all has, i need that to has do. kept him on the plane is needle for this guy don't get raped but that guy's dead on that sense Baby O says he's the one who betrayed them. And yeah, pretty clever, huh, bitch? And then the most realistic thing that happens is Cyrus just fucking shoots him and goes, no, that's clever. And it's just, what a fucking line. It's not yeah. clever. Like the line is just like, that's what he would do. He'd be like, this fucking idiot. Yeah, clever, huh, bitch? And he just fucking shoots him, which is what a calculating sociopath would do. Yeah, I was more surprised that he didn't shoot him fiddly you know he's been shooting people in the head okay. this entire film he i am convinced 100 convinced this was a fucking rewrite or a test screening change he gets shot he's fucking basically dead 
the last time that Poe talks to him, I'm going to show you God does exist. He's oh, fucking yeah. dead. I do not. Be- I, I truly believe I couldn't find any information on it. I am convinced or convinced myself that is a change that he was supposed to fucking die there and mm-hmm. people didn't like it or executives didn't like it. I was I was certain he was dead because he was lying on his back. And yes. I know they were putting the pressure out. on the wound and everything. He's diabetic. He's, He's been about shot. To... Yes. He's diabetic. Shot the yeah. Fucking chest. No, 100%. Yeah, so, yeah, that that would make sense if it was a rewrite. But also why? Like, I know that was a whole driving force of the film, but he saved the woman. I mean, he ends up saving save the, the day at the end. He says that as literally as well. Do you remember? I'm going to save the fucking day. He said that uh, to, La- well, to Larkin. Fuck, I hate the ending. But Lucy, make a move and the bunny gets it. Oh. Again, just another ridiculous line that's just like, what is going on? I know. And I wish he would just leave that crusty fucking rabbit. Don't give that to your little daughter. That thing gets you know beyond, what? That thing is beyond crusty too. Because then it gets in. It's all bloody, and then it's in the Vegas like smudge and sludge. And he pulls it out. I was like, "You better fucking not hand that to your daughter." No, there you go, daughter. And she, no. she's rightfully like, "Holy shit! Ew. This is my dad, who looks like he just killed eighteen people." <laughs> He's then giving me this disgusting bunny, and the mom is like, "Casey, you take that from your daddy." <laughs> he and he's what? like, no, no, that's okay. I'm like, actually, yeah, don't ever fucking touch this tetanus Ebola ridden fucking bunny. Yes, put it down the drain away. Yeah, so he says, I'm gonna show you God does exist, takes over the plane, and again, shoot the fucking plane down. <laughs> I couldn't the- believe this. First of all, he gets shot in the arm. Doesn't even flinch. Keeps going. This is him in beast mode. It's beast mode. Stick for the D&D classes at the end. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. can't figure out what that is. So what I saw about this was nuts. And I had heard about this before. The plane crash, not all of it. They they really flew the planes over Las Vegas, which I saw in the trivia. People people called the police because they're like, what the fuck are these low-flying planes (laughs) doing? But this hotel that gets destroyed at the end, this is the Sands Hotel. With legendary mm. hotel from like the 50s and 60s, mobsters and all that shit. It was scheduled to be imploded and demolished. When right. the producers heard of this, they convinced them to delay it by several weeks. They legit crashed that shit into the hotel. That was way. fucking real. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And then they d- ended up imploding it later. And it's on the Venetian now. The hotel, the Venetian oh. is on side of the sands now. Oh, that's pretty cool. No, that's yeah, awesome, gonna, yeah. It was it, very practical. Yes, I was going to say it looked pretty real, but you you don't think these things are real ever, really. You think they're, uh, they're purpose-built and they've done some kind of recreation of things. But that's awesome. Yeah. And for the most part, they, they crash it in there. That's it. They save the day. Baby-O gets his meds. You know, Cyrus and Diamond Dog, all the other people, they get away. And that's where the sequel gets set up. Nope. They add this fucking terrible ending with the fire engine and everything so far. I've been able to believe that Cameron Poe's motivations like he wasn't going to not save this woman He's like my daughter wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I don't want to tell my daughter that was that I couldn't live with myself at this point right now. You are on the ground. There are a million fucking police and firefighters yeah. there hilarious that they show the dropping donut from the cops chase off oh, i know i wrote that down i was like it's why the, it's <laughs> the 90s it's the 90s her her cop donut kind of thing the, easy, um, the most low hanging fruit bad cop no donut kind of thing mm-hmm. he is now risking his fucking life he is on the ground he has made it he saved his friend he saved the woman in that sense no 
I have to go fist bump fucking Vince Larkin, get on a or commandeer a motorcycle and chase this guy down. And it's just like, no, no, I hate this fucking ending. At this point, it's not your job anymore. Like, I understand why on the plane you're almost like, what did he say? We have a mole on the plane or we have a guy on the plane, an ally on the plane. He was the ally on the plane. Yeah, inside man. Now you're down. Your daughter and your wife are there. You're safe. There's a million cops everywhere. Like, it's not your job anymore. Just let them. But I I guess he feels threatened because uh, Malkovich said something about his daughter. So that's his driving okay. force then, I guess. Mm, okay. You, okay. And he, he probably wants him dead rather than I'll give, you know, get you're away right. or arrested. You're right. Knowing that he's out. Okay. Uh, that's a good point there. It's an excellent point there. I'll, I'll give you that one. That's the only thing in there. I still think that if I'm the daughter or the wife and I learned later that my husband was there and then died trying to do that, yeah. I would be like, yeah, I think this is almost like a Bruce Wayne type of personality disorder where he has to be a fucking hero. Exactly. Yeah, he can't just sit by and let it happen. He has to go and be involved. Reminds me of actually Sam Woodwicky when he Sam gets bored. Witwicky. He gets bored of the, the quiet life after yes. being the hero. Oh, no, my Victoria's Secret model is with me for some reason. <laughs> I have a gr- actually doesn't have a great job. Hey, okay, we'll, we'll get to Dark of the Moon. We already did the first two. Check those Speaking previous of episodes. Dark of the Moon. Somebody from this film is in Dark of the Moon. Who? John Malkovich is in Dark of the oh Moon, my apparently. God, he's the insane bo- Holy fuck. Fuck. Is, he made... the, is he? I can't remember Dark of the Moon, but do I we... wrote down so many people are in Transformers. Oh my in this god! Film. Do we need to do that next week? Instead we could of what do. we have, uh, we'll we decide do. by the end. Oh no! It's oh my god! He is so decision. insane in that movie. Okay. All right. We, okay. No, no, no. We've been distracted too much. We need to end this. We need to end this. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. Tracks him down. They kill him. We don't remember what happened to Diamond Dog. We'll have to look that up afterwards. What happened to him? Where did I don't he go? Remember. Was he killed on the fire truck? He must have been. He must have been killed or a crashed. A few people or were. Yeah, that, I bet he was. Sure, we'll say that. And then the only thing left, he meets his daughter, blah, blah, blah. Who gives a shit? But throwing craps at the end is Garland Green in movie. What the fuck are you doing with this shit? Am I rooting for Are we cheering? Point? Are we Am cheering like, that this fucking yay. mass murdering serial killer is now on the loose? In Vegas? In Vegas. I, yeah, that's I it. I have no words. I have no words because my last note is where is Steve Buscemi? And then I wrote, oh. <laughs> oh, there you go. My, oh, last no- my last note is what the hell is with this 80s sitcom ending with everyone smiling at the camera during yeah. the credits? Everybody, oh, look, we're all having a great time, despite the fact that the actors hated this fucking movie. Yeah, I'm so confused by this film. I mean, I loved it, don't get me wrong, but I don't understand who I was supposed to be rooting for, apart from Cameron Poe, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, Stu, maybe that maybe that was the, the, uh, the sequel that they were setting up, Steve Buscemi in Vegas. Steve Buscemi. All right, and that is 1997's Con Air. Con Air. Air. Real quickly, we need to get to the D&D classes and the tier rating. So, because we're going so fucking long and the World Series starts in an hour. Game five (laughs) could be the end. All right, so up for the D&D classes. We take the main characters from every movie and we put them in a 5e that we get from D&D Beyond. We have the main three here. There's a ton we could do, but it's really just the main three that show up on the poster and and get credited there. First one we have Cameron Poe. 
We have him down because we mentioned him going beast mode when I'm going to show you God does exist. When he gets yep. shot and then just keeps trucking, he fucking raged as a barbarian. Yeah, it's we initially thought fighter. And then when we thought of that specific scene where, yeah, you're right. He says, I'm going to go beast mode, essentially walks through getting shot in the arm, <laughs> takes out so many people. And yeah, it's Barbarian through and through. A fierce warrior who can enter a battle rage. Yes, he rolled a nat 20. <laughs> went to rage mode and rolled a nat 20 on there. All right, what about your boy, uh, Vince Larkin? Oh, Larkin. My boy, the man. My MVP of the film. We have him down as a paladin, I think. Yes, a paladin. Because he's kind of the... What is the word... Well, we have a paladin here as a holy warrior bound to a sacred oath. He it's is trying to see the yeah, he's exactly by the law, a code. By the law, he's got a moral code. He's trying to see the best in some people and he wants the best outcome. So yeah, we have him down as the sacred oath paladin. And last we have Cyrus the Virus Grisham himself, <laughs> which we're going to go with Rogue, a scoundrel who uses trickery to overcome obstacles and enemies. It's how they got loose. It's dead on. Yeah, exactly. He's obviously one of the baddest of the bad, but we don't see him, apart from using guns, we don't see him being particularly violent. He, he's not getting in, uh, into any fist fights or anything because he is more clever, highly intelligent, and using trickery to be the best bad guy out there. And that is it. Those are our d classes. By all means, let us know. We're going to go to the tier rating now. We're going to go very brisk through it. This is going to be one of the first times where I love the movie, but throughout watching it and going through it, I actually dropped it. I would let oh. I know everyone's going to be, oh, it's going to be S tier. Oh, it's going to be S tier. I have to put it A tier simply because of other movies around it at this time. Right. It's honestly, I'll just tip my hand on it. I think of this movie, I'll always compare it to The Rock. 1996 is The Rock. That is one of my favorite, if not my favorite movies, period, of all time. Definitely action movies. This is not quite on that level. This is fucking awesome. It is a joyride, but it is fucking dumb as shit. <laughs> I love it to death. And I put up some things of it. It's in Discord. And I'll put it up on, on my own personal one as well as it. That somebody out there, I know Andy, good Andy from California when I was streaming, sent me a film, a crew jacket from... Oh. Con Air. I love this movie. It is A tier, though. It is A tier. It's just under S tier. Yeah, I have had it down as A tier. This one didn't change for me throughout um, our recording this week. Uh, it was A for me. I loved it. I had a great time. I love an action film. I love a Michael Bay action film. And this gave me so many Michael Bay vibes, even the way he shot, the way the action was shot, the military vibes, the firework explosions. It was all there. It's just a good classic action film. It's stupid. And there are some bits of the plot that don't make any sense, but that only enhances the experience, really. And I would gladly watch it over and over again. So, yeah. I think that fits perfectly into A for me too. Boom, boom, boom. All right. That's the tiers. I should say that S tier. Oh, whatever. Everyone knows it is by now. If not, you know. look up look up what S through D tier is. All right, Lucy, where can we find you? Oh, you'll find me at Lucy J. Robin all over the internet. There you go. Find me on Discord <laughs> mainly on that sense right there. Absolutely. All right. Next week, it's either going to be. <laughs> we, we, we haven't decided that. <laughs> we initially had down Iron Man, the first Iron Man, because that Marvel's movie is coming out. 
Mm-hmm. But man, I might be in a Malkovich mood in Dark of the maybe Moon. Maybe we should put it to like a vote. You know what? We maybe swayed. Tell us. Tell us either in Discord or something like that. We will definitely listen to you. So come back next week for either Iron Man or Transformers 3 Dark of the Moon. Bye. See you then.